What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Take a 20. This episode um, decided that I am going to talk about the whole Robert Sarver situation, my reaction to it, and kind of my my own firsthand account of just like not exactly with that specific situation uh with Robert Sarver I don't know him but how much courage it does take to actually have these people stand up and speak out about what's happened to them what's gone on behind closed doors it's something that not a lot of people share of their workplace environment just because they're afraid that it might follow them down the line they may not be able to have a job so it's it's a lot of different factors that go into these people having the courage to actually come out and speak out so the people um specifically like steve kerb uh he definitely did not choose more as wisely james johnson um I'm very surprised that he's taking this, or James Jones, my bad, um, that he's taking the stance that he's decided to take uh, on this situation. But, you know, everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but it's it definitely uh, it just it makes him, a whole lot of people don't like to say it, but I'll, I'll say it right now. It's, it's definitely making him look like a, an uncle Tom and you know, it, it is what it is. Some people don't want to call a spade a spade and I'm, I'm more than willing to do that because when somebody like who's pretty well credible comes out and says like, Hey, this has happened to me. It, it just doesn't make any sense that somebody would refute that Earl Watson is not somebody who's looked at as like a a snake, a liar. He's always been kind he's always been straight up. You can look at his media days and like he's always just been a straight shooter. He never pulls punches. So for people to be questioning his integrity and his words and his experiences that's really backed up by multiple other people that are deciding not to have their name associated with this it it just doesn't make any sense that people are are really taking the side of sarver before anything really has come out like people around the league know what sarver is all about like he's known to be a cheapskate all the players specifically all the players that are black or hispanic who have played for him in the past don't necessarily have the greatest things to say about him so it's it's a track record of of this you know I get with Chris Paul and Devin Booker saying like he's never said that around us I I get that but at the same time um I'm kind of in the same vein of uh what's his name uh I can't remember the reporter's name but he was just saying over his podcast that uh both those players should have taken a stand and 
saying that basically no nobody should be using that word um i i am a firm believer that they they didn't they handled the situation to the best that they uh decided was proper it just if i was in that situation i probably would have just taken it back a little bit but also i've been in similar situations to that and i have gone that route so who's to say that i actually would have done that who who knows but uh without going too much further i'm just gonna go ahead and let this audio play if people aren't familiar with the story just so you guys understand uh what's really going on The Phoenix Suns began this season as defending Western Conference champions. A team riding high with the veteran presence of all-time great Chris Paul, a young star in Devin Booker, a top coach in Monty Williams, and reigning executive of the year, James Jones. But an ESPN investigation has revealed that the Suns' success on the court has emerged alongside a sometimes toxic and hostile workplace under majority owner Robert Sarver. More than 70 current and former employees interviewed by ESPN recounted conduct by Sarver they felt was inappropriate and misogynistic, including the use of the N-word and lewd comments made during staff meetings. Former Suns head coach Earl Watson told ESPN that Sarver once used the slur after a game. You know, why does Draymond Green get to run up the court and say N-word? Sarver, who is white, allegedly said, repeating the N-word several times in a row. You can't say that, Watson, who is black and Hispanic, told Sarver. Why, Sarver replied, Draymond Green says N-word. You can't expletive say that, Watson said again. Sarver denied he used the N-word through his legal team, saying this is absolutely untrue. Sarver said he talked with a Suns player who had received a technical foul during the game for using the N-word, questioning why he had received a technical when other players who say it do not. The player, through his agent, told ESPN that he does not recall speaking to Sarver that night. I've never called anyone or any group of people the N-word, or referred to anyone or any group of people by the N-word, either verbally or in writing. Multiple Suns employees also recounted inappropriate conduct from Sarver, such as him once passing around a picture of his wife in a bikini to employees and speaking about sex with his wife. We're passing it around like a hot potato. Like, what in the hell are we supposed to do with this? That was just, you know, one early glimpse at the man. Sarver, through his legal team, told ESPN the moment has been twisted into something more nefarious than it was, and that he has never discussed his sex life in the office. A retailer sent my wife and me a sample along with a brochure, and I took a picture of her in the sample. I took the brochure and picture of her and gave it to the people at the Suns in charge of overseeing merchandise with the message, here's the catalog, this is what the swimsuit looks like, and if you have any interest in carrying this line in the team shop, then here's the number to call. Multiple current and former employees also told ESPN about conduct by other members of the Suns' leadership team that they felt contributed to the work environment. While none said Sarver was involved in those incidents, 
many felt that Sarver's own conduct contributed to a culture that affected how some other managers within the organization treated their employees. They said they don't know how no one has ever been held accountable. If the commissioner comes in and investigates to see what the expletive is going on in Phoenix, he would be appalled. Jason Rowley, president and CEO of the Suns, defended Sarver. This story is completely outrageous and false. It doesn't represent at all the Robert Sarver I've worked alongside of for 15 years. He's not a racist and he's not a sexist. Alright, well, that was a little bit of the audio, or a little bit of a background of what's going on. Um, if you want to get a deep dive into everything that's going on, Baxter Holmes did a really great article. Um, like people were saying, he's been working on it for years. This has really been a story in the making um, ever since... Watson was the the head coach of the Suns, um, or a year after he he had left, uh, being the coach. But you know, for Earl Watson to come out and actually say these things, put his name along these claims, is it's a big big deal. You know, these kind of things happen in the workplace quite a bit you know people are coming out saying like oh I'm not surprised Robert Sarver did this like it's Robert Sarver he's a rich white man of course he's gonna do it I'm not surprised but just because you're not surprised doesn't mean you shouldn't have a reaction it doesn't mean that you shouldn't give it the same attention that the whole Donald Sterling saga had you know and to some people's point is just like there's no smoking gun well, the smoking gun really is all the ex-employees, all the ex-players, you know. And there's people who've gone on the record saying that Robert Sarver, he definitely is reckless enough to end up on some audio, on a video. So for those people who are saying, like, oh, well, I have to see what the investigation, like, pulls out, then, like, come on. This this guy has been known to be a cheapskate. Ex-players always call him an asshole. Excuse my language, but it's it is what it is. Like there's there's no reason for us to be pulling our punches and thinking that this guy may be a, a good guy, honestly. Because the the proof has always been there. It's been there for the past ten years of what kind of person this guy is, you know, and, you know, it, it probably will end up with Robert Sarver having to sell, he's majority owner, he's not sole owner, so he's probably going to end up having to sell his stake of the Suns to whoever he ends up being able to sell it off to, you know, and in that audio clip, there's there's things that they missed of just saying, um, basically other, other employees hearing him say the N word, other employees being, uh, retold stories that players have told Robert Sarver and using specific language and him just reiterating those stories 
it's it gets to a point where you know this is definitely a basketball podcast but this is going to get a little bit deeper than that right now but there's there's definitely a line that gets crossed sometimes um at my previous place of employment if you know me you know where it was um the founder i'm not going to say their name i'm not going to say the company's name but the founder felt that it was okay to say a joke from the first sketch of dave Chappelle. and if you're not familiar with that sketch it's the black white supremacist who's blind and doesn't realize that he's black at the end there was a line that my boss uh, an older white gentleman decided to say this line saying i had to divorce my wife because she was a Because she was a nigger lover. So, it's definitely something that I've experienced. I know dealing with that kind of stuff firsthand and not coming forward about it immediately and not wanting to put your name to stuff like that, I totally understand it. So, when I see a story like this, this is something that I 100% believe, especially with how many people that are cooperating that story. This is something that took years to come out. It's not something that they researched for two months and then decided to put it out. No, this was years, literally years in the making. So anybody who doubts this is really just trying to look the other way and not not give it too much thought. Like Steve Kerr, his his whole statement was very disappointing. I understand that this is an, an older friend of his. I don't know if they're still friends, but at one point in time, they were friends. I mean, Robert Sarver, the whole reason why that that he's the owner of the Suns is because Steve Kerr put in a good word for him with the Owners Association, which he ended up getting a small ownership stake and was the general manager as well of the Phoenix Suns. So for him to say those things, like, obviously stuff has happened around him. There's no way that things couldn't have happened around him. And it's just, it's not logical to think that, okay, you've known this man, you worked with this man closely, you guys were friends. Like, not only are you an employee of his, you're a partner, is so many layers to that relationship where it's just like coming out with such a bold statement saying, like, that's not the person that I know. It's like, once everything really hits the fan, like I said in my original post on Instagram, it was like he he chose his words unwisely about one of his friends in a tricky situation. But once everything really hits the fan and everything is laid out on the table, this is going to have a lot of repercussions, not only for Robert Sarver, but everybody who came to his defense, everybody from that point on, is going to be looking at each of those individuals sideways and wondering how much did they actually know without 
admitting it without standing on like morals basically you know steve kerr is out here giving speeches about white privilege and all this other shit so it's like all right stand on what you speak on if you're gonna be like that one day you be that way the next day too don't pick and choose the battles that you want to face is it just doesn't make make any sense at all you know it's it is very very unfortunate that somebody like Earl Watson his credibility is now being in question it's just like no there's no reason for his credibility to be questioned it's like I I don't get it. The I understand like the whole differences between this situation and the Donald Sterling situation. The NBA was ready to get Donald Sterling out of there. They wanted to get him out of there for a long time. Not only because he's a creepy odd dude but also because of all the racial implications that came along with working with somebody like that. Out here in L.A., he's infamously known to have, like, be housing discrimination regularly. He's been to, he's been taken to trial for it multiple times. Like, Elgin Baylor took him to court. There's so many different situations where it was showing like blaringly and publicly that Donald Sterling is quite honestly a racist and somebody that you shouldn't own an NBA team you know so to have somebody like this it's the same vein you don't have the same public outlook on it because he not to my knowledge, does he own real estate the way that Donald Sterling did on the scale that he did, um, nor is he, I'm sure in this day and age, would not be able to get away with housing discrimination without it being a huge story. But it's just, it's, it's mind-boggling to me. They're just like, what does Earl Watson have to gain from telling this story? Literally, what does he have to gain? He doesn't have to gain anything. Not a single thing other than him telling the truth and it getting out there. Besides that, because a story like this is something like the owners in the NBA, whether people like to admit it or not, they're clicked up. They're once they have a bad opinion of an executive, a player, a coach, whatever, that person is more likely than not going to be able to get another job or position in the NBA in any way, shape, or form. Unless they're deciding to work at one of the one of the arenas in the concession stands, then that's probably the only way that they're going to be somewhat included in NBA events. Once the owners get together and decide, like, yeah, this person does not, we don't want them around. It, 
you see it all the time. There's so many different situations where, like, Allen Iverson is a really good example. Isaiah Thomas another good example. Like, Mark Jackson, even though he doesn't want to admit that he's kind of getting blackballed out of the NBA, he's been blackballed out of the NBA, is... You know, once once an ownership, once an owner does not like you, it becomes way harder for that person, that individual to get a job. Way harder. Especially if they're a person of color. So, like, for any... Literally anybody questioning this is like you're you're out of your mind. Like Earl Watson gave this statement a year after he left the Phoenix Suns. He did not have a job. He was outside of the NBA. He didn't know when this story was going to drop. He was thinking that it was going to drop when he gave those statements. So literally what did he have to, to gain from that? Now that he's with the Toronto Raptors and their coaching staff, he's safe and has a job solidified. But, you know, I can't even remember. It was like what? I can't even remember how many other people corroborated this story. But I do remember that there was a total of 12 individuals who all said that they do remember Robert Sarver using racial slurs around them, specifically the N-word. So, and then also, it it was just such a weird thing that I heard about um, in their pursuit of LaMarcus Aldridge. And this is the last thing that I'm going to say about it, because this, this story, honestly, is... It, it, it struck a nerve with me, it, and honestly, I wanted to talk about this right when the story hit on the 4th, but it it was something that I was like, I, I don't know exactly how to speak to it, um, because this is a sensitive topic for me, just because I've gone through something very similar to this, not only at my last place of employment, but the place before that as well so I didn't want to get too emotional with it but this this will be the last thing that I say because this this to me really stuck out and was extremely weird so when they were pursuing LaMarcus Aldridge um, in free agency Robert Sarver suggested in a meeting that Phoenix or really just NBA players in general, they wanted to try and get NBA players to impregnate strippers so they would have a reason to come to the Phoenix Suns to be close to their families. It's just the weirdest, creepiest, most off-putting shit that I've read in a very long time. Like, I I believe these allegations. Dude is weird. Like, you can see his interactions. And this is something that I have, I hadn't seen specifically 
but I'm, I was hearing that there's a video circulating around where Robert Sarver, as the WNBA finals are going on, is like Robert Sarver comes up and smacks Deanna, or Deanna Taurasi on the ass. And it's just like, yo, like, one, you're not a player. Two, why the fuck are you even on the floor at that time? And it's like, I get it why he's on the floor. He's the owner. And like, he gets to go out there and hoist the trophy, blah, blah, blah. But it's just like, bro, like, know the line. Like, it's, it's just him thinking that it was totally fine to be doing some shit like that. Especially, like, bro, you're not an athlete. You're not a part of this team. You're the fucking owner. Like, that's really all it is. And that's where the relationship ends. And This is one of the most really disgusting and disturbing things that I've I've read in a very long time. But like you said, like I said, um, if you guys want to go out and read this article for yourself, gather your own opinion. It's um, it's on ESPN. It's very easy to find. Baxter Holmes wrote a great piece, and you know this is Baxter Holmes is somebody that's now being attacked by Robert Sarver and trying to be discredited. So what does that say to you? A fucking billionaire is going after an ESPN writer. Come on now. Like, let's 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 use our brains and be smart individuals about this shit. And you guys know I I usually don't cuss on this. It's like this is but people need to use their fucking head. And that's it. And on that note, <laughs> We're going to call it an episode. I can't keep talking about this, but this has really been weighing on my mind, so I wanted to dedicate a whole episode to it and just speak my piece on it. But, yeah. Next episode is going to be a a lot brighter. But until then, I'll see you guys. Uh, Yeah, next episode is on Friday. So, see you then. Peace.